back. That's a boost for the offense, not only to get him back in the starting nine, but to take away someone who isn't hitting from the starting nine. Good morning, and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. Cabrian Hayes, after 60 days being shelved in a setback and... Just a whole lot of grief and just worrying is finally coming back to the Pirates Thursday. And that is a huge sigh of relief. Because this guy was supposed to be the biggest reason to watch Pirates baseball this year. And without him, you know, for a two-month span, they played at a 100-loss pace. So, Hayes is back. Pirates baseball is going to become a little more enjoyable for that alone. I want to talk about what the Pirates did at third base in his absence. Because some of it, at least early on, it was Phillip Evans getting starts. And Evans, you know, started off red hot, cooled off, even though he was still hitting the ball hard. Cooled off, ended up you know, getting hurt as well. Calmaran got hurt as well. There were definitely holes in this lineup, and the holes were not filled particularly well on offense, particularly. I mean, on defense, the difference between Hayes and Eric Gonzalez at third base is not that huge. Like, Gonzalez is a more than capable third baseman. He's one of the league leaders in defensive runs saved at that position. Will Craig won glorious, glorious brain fart aside, at least held down the four to first base defensively. But neither one of them hit. And only did they not hit. Kevin Newman has not been hitting. And Cole Tucker, it's a small sample size, but he hasn't hit really that much yet. New mechanics, but still... Once Evans and Moran come back, I mean, that that's probably it for Will Craig. He's going to go back to Indianapolis, most likely, unless the Pirates feel confident enough that Will Craig can play third base and right field and be that, you know, bench player. I just don't see it on a short man bench. I think they would rather hang on to a Wilmer Defoe longer because you can option Will Craig. You can't with Defoe. That's definitely going to be a factor in all this. But it's mostly shortstop. Gonzalez, Newman, and I guess not Tucker, but not Tucker. Tucker's going to go back to Indianapolis probably sooner rather than later. Who do you start at shortstop? Derek Shelton said it's going to be a day-to-day thing that they're going to look at. Okay. It's amazing how similar these two seasons are. Gonzalez is batting at 214, Newman 215. Their OPSs are like 20 points away and not necessarily good, both low 500s. They've basically produced the same on offense and both have been good defenders. Kevin Newman, you know what? One of his main focuses coming into this year was defense, that first step trying to produce more, save some runs. 
Give him credit for that. For everything that has gone wrong in Kevin Newman's season, his defense has been really good. One plus in what's been just a, a tough, tough year for him so far. Is, is defense enough for him to keep the starting job? Is Eric Gonzalez's defense enough for him to <laughs> steal the starting job, to usurp Kevin Newman? I, I don't know if either one has really done anything to justify it. And they've played every day. So I don't think this is even really a just keep playing through it. Maybe they're in a situation that they need to get more days off and they all need to alternate it some way or some sort of division of labor there because they haven't been good. And if we would have said it a year and a half ago, what's happening to Newman and Tucker and Gonzalez, it'd be a lot more concerning than it is right now because Piguero is in the system. First overall pick might end up going to a shortstop this year. There are shortstop options. Bay, Nick Gonzalez can play shortstop in a pinch. There are, if the Pirates, <laughs> O'Neill Cruz, because, you know, they're still sticking with him at short for the time being. The Pirates don't necessarily need one of these guys to be a hit. And I don't think it's going to be Gonzalez at this point. I mean, he's turning 30 in August. This is his second year in a row where, no, not a full season, but he got a couple months of everyday reps and didn't show anything. And actually, he showed more last year. And part of that was because, you know, he got off to a good start. He was hitting fastballs. This year, he never hit the fastball. And that's concerning more than anything. Because it's not... In September last year, teams finally clued in on Eric Gonzalez. They're like, okay, we're just going to throw him... A bunch of breaking stuff. He's got to swing at it. He's not going to make hard contact. That's that. Okay. Eric Gonzalez is not the first baseball player to ever go through that problem. Not to say that it's a forgivable sin, but it's understandable what happened. There was a clear cause and effect. This year, I don't see that. And that's more of a, well, I guess that's, that's a real cause for concern. I feel like I've been, in the grand scheme of things, kind of easy on Gonzalez, but i he's a Sunday starter. He's a utility infielder. Your team, if you have Eric Gonzalez as a bench player, as your utility infielder, that's not the reason why your team is bad. He's He could be fine in that role. A little above replacement level. That's fine for a bench role. And the Pirates gave him a long, long look because there was some table banging going on in 2019 before that season to get him into the, into the lineup. A young Freddie Galvis, they called him. One of the more ridiculous statements that's ever been made because Freddie Galvis is two years older. And they're not even that similar of ballplayers. That was one of the worst Neil Talks. I think. Just like Neil's discourse speak. How he went through. It's like a young Freddie Galvis. Like that's like that's the goal. We got a young Nomar Garcia Parra. Oh well, we got a young Freddie Galvis. I don't know which one is better suited at shortstop. Newman can play a little second base. Can spell Frazier there. 
Frazier can bounce out to the outfield. Something that might have to be in the realm of possibility once we get an update on Tom. We'll get that Thursday afternoon. But once again, we're looking at a at a thin outfield for the Pirates at the moment. Especially if Tom's going to be out again. I mean, Ben Gamble's held down the floor. Brian Reynolds has just been flat out good this year. And then you got Polanco and Wright, and Polanco is here until Polanco won't be here anymore. I, I know I've talked about the outfield situation, and I've written about the outfield situation, but with Swaggerty out and Cruz not playing right field and all of us still on the shelf, it's kind of a this-is-what-it-is type deal. And I'm seeing a lot of that in shortstop right now. It is what it is. I think Kevin Newman, out of the two of them, he and Gonzalez, probably has the better chance of rebounding and becoming a quality everyday starter again. Not saying that it's particularly high, but if I'm looking at those two odds, I would say Newman's is higher. I don't know really how to gauge Cole Tucker's at the moment. I mean, the swing is definitely different. That offensive development, Shelton and Rick Eckstein like it. That's good, but is it enough? Is it really working? Did we see anything from Cole Tucker where it's like, he found it. It's a eureka moment. It's It really isn't that with his swing. The answer at shortstop is a Pregero. And maybe he comes up at the tail end of 2022. It's looking more and more like we'll see him in 2023. There's some time still for Tucker or Newman or even Gonzalez to find their footing. It's growing more and more doubtful, though. But hey, at least the guy who's going to be setting up to their right, that's someone who you can build an infield around. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stump. I'm stealing this one from my live cues on Wednesday, and I'll be honest, I don't know if I can pronounce the name of the username, T-E-E-O-O-H-D-U-B-D-E-E, T-U-B-U-D-E, I gave it a shot, sorry if I butchered it, but he asked some good questions about the Rule 5 draft. And the Rule 5 players that the Pirates have, because they've got three right now, in Kaye Tom, Luis Oviedo, and Jose Soriano, who's on the mend right now. And I feel like, we let's just take stock in the Rule 5 guys at the moment. And I'm going to start with Tom. Because I'm just going to say it, I kind of like him as a ball player. I I wrote the mound visit. I don't know. It's kind of rare for me to write a mound visit about someone that I just flat out have nothing good to say about as a ball player. Like maybe even whenever it's like a reclamation thing, it's like, okay, these are some things that they're doing well. Here are some things that they aren't doing well. 
that's usually how most mound visits go, I feel. But, yeah, I kind of like Tom. He's a pesky at bat. He gets on base. He, I don't expect him to be this big power hitter or anything, but I think his OBP right now with the Pirates is over 380. That has to count for something. There aren't too many players who are seeing more pitches per plate appearance than him. Another thing that counts for something. Yeah, just a pesky at-bat. Maybe not, you know, like, end of the world, this guy's going to be the starting left fielder of the future. But I don't mind that he's getting a long look here. And this injury news, however goes with his wrist, it was listed day-to-day at the time of this recording, that's going to impact a lot going forward with how the Pirates handled their outfield. Because if there's no Tom and there's no Swaggerty, he's out for the year after his dislocated shoulder. I guess it's not officially out for the year. He hasn't officially had the surgery yet, but let's let's put two and two together there. He he's This is going to be a while. He's not going to be coming back in three months because of this. So that's all difficult. And there's, you know, definite need in the outfield. So you'd like to have a Rule 5 guy like Tom, you know, establish himself. Or if you if the answer is no, at least you know the answer. Anthony Alford, Dustin Fowler, the answer was no. Okay. <laughs> we got an answer at least. It's a chance you're supposed to be taking. So, yeah, Tom. Obiedo is someone that I've... I, I've also written the mound visit about the results aren't there, but man, it is tough. It is tough whenever you go over a week without facing live competition. It's tough to evaluate where this guy is sometimes. It's tough for him to just get in. It's a, it is a rotten situation for him, and I kind of wish the Pirates would use him more. I mean, let's be real here. Wins and losses don't really mean as much this year going forward. Early on in the year, Oviedo got a couple, not high leverage innings, but medium leverage. And I think we've only seen him in, like, real mop-up garbage roll since. Give him some outings. Give him a look. Again, if the answer is no... The answer is no. I He's probably not going to stick in the bullpen. The Pirates really like him as a starter, but they don't want to use him as a starter this year. They want him to get starts at like the AAA level first before they consider him like a real full-time, he's going to go out there and give at least five innings type starter. Maybe something happens towards the end of the year where they piggyback or he starts in like a bullpen game and only goes like two or three. So that's going to be my out, so there's no, you know, pointing at, ah, we caught you, Alex, we caught you there. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that (laughs) my rebuttal there is going to do much good. The other guy is Jose Soriano, who didn't get off to a great start with his rehab, but hey, he's been a long time removed for competition, too. Some rust has to get off. Pirates are approaching him as a starter, though, which is interesting because all indications appeared to be that he was a reliever. 
now, you know, he could be a starter. So, oh, oh, he needs to be on the injured list a little longer, a little more rehab, a little more time, you know, get going. And the Roll 5 guy is developing in AAA a little bit there. How about that? That could potentially be part of it. But he needs to be on the active roster for 90 days. And, you know, that's that's a month from now. Within the month, we have to see the Jose Soriano debut. And whenever it does happen, three out of, the, potentially, three out of the 26 players on this team are going to be Roll 5 players. I did some research. I couldn't find a definitive answer. But I think the Padres, 2016, were the last team to do that. And that was a team that's kind of in where the Pirates are right now, where they are 100%, let's just rebuild, let's just it's, hoard as much young talent as we can possibly get. And did it really work? Eh, you can be the judge there. But you like the approach. Whatever, wins and losses don't matter that much. But how do you manage these guys? Because the Pirates are going to have to do a better job, especially with Soriano and Oviedo, to make sure that they get innings. It's one thing to have one guy in Oviedo who's just out there. He is only going to pitch garbage time. It is plain and simple. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's another thing whenever you have two guys in the bullpen who are in that role. Not only because it's not an effective use of two roster spots, but whenever you do get to that garbage time, who do you go to? How do you split up the garbage time? No, these guys are going to have to pitch at least medium leverage innings. Occasionally, at least. And once Soriano is built up, how many innings is he going to be good to go for? Two, three, five? I think Soriano is a pretty clear case of, of, of reliever going forward. Oviedo, he was rule five because he was young. And the Indians didn't think he, he, that they were going to lose this starting pitcher to someone's bullpen for a whole year. Well, we're a third of the way through, and Pirates have stuck with it with Oviedo. I don't think there's anything they would love more than next year, whenever they could put Oviedo in the minors and have him develop properly as a starter again, because they do think this kid could be a starter in the major leagues. I don't know if they view Soriano exactly the same way. Maybe they do. I think Soriano is better as a reliever going forward. I don't know if they view Tom as, you know, the left fielder of the future. They they probably don't. But they're giving these kids opportunities. Except in Oviedo's case, and presumably Soriano's case, whenever he comes up, they're not real opportunities. They're just innings. And there's a difference between opportunities and innings. An opportunity is a start. An opportunity is what Will Crow had Tuesday night in Kansas City with the bases loaded and nobody out. And Derek Shelton left him out there. Not left him out to dry, left him out there of like, okay, I'm going to let the rookie try to get his way out of it. It didn't work, but it was... It, it, <laughs> It was an opportunity. It wasn't just try to kill an inning. It was, let's see what you can do. And the Pirates needed to take that approach with all of their pitchers. Outside of like the Cahills and the Andersons and the guys who aren't going to be here long term. So many of these pitchers are young and have high ceilings. 
Bednar is a guy who is given opportunities, not just innings. Cal Crick, back a couple years ago, but again this year, you know, he got late inning opportunities. Sam Howard, opportunities, not just innings. You've got to earn the opportunities, but at some point, it's chicken and the egg. And you can't always just rely on Luis Oviedo had a good bullpen this week. Let's get him into a medium leverage thing. you got to get these guys in games, too. And that's going to be a juggling act, presumably, for the next two-thirds of the season. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm finally getting the rhythm to say that now. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? There's a lot of good shows here. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.